Hello and welcome to episode 25 of the official One Arrowhead Drive podcast. I am Trevor. With me as usual are Trev and Dill coming off a 31 to 17 drubbing is what I'll call it and what these games usually are of the Chargers. Guys, how are we feeling tonight? Feeling great, Trev. Here we sit on October 23rd and Chiefs are 6-1. and one. 2-0 and in the division. Next closest team in the division is 3-4. and four. Things are looking up for the Kansas City Chiefs. They played their most complete game of the year on Sunday. Feeling real good about it. Man, that record is just wild to me because just to think it's already – we're already through week seven. So football season flying by. Yeah, let's get into it like Trev said. And like I said last week, always a fun time to beat the Chargers. So excited to talk about this one. All right, guys, um, before we get into our game, let's go ahead and do our around the league segment. Uh, Keep it in the division to start. The Broncos beat the Packers yesterday in a a pretty boring game, albeit the the Broncos kind of have a little momentum heading into next week. Uh, The Raiders took the L yesterday, um, and obviously we beat the Chargers. So that's it for the division. The Ravens looked pretty good yesterday against a, a capable or what we thought was capable Lions team. Looked kind of kind of fraudulent yesterday um so that was kind of an interesting game to see bills lose a tough one in new england or was it in new england or was it was it in it was in new england it wasn't in new england okay yeah yeah so josh allen takes another ugly l um you know another another chink in the armor for sure and then miami on sunday night football yeah you do love to see it that's right and then uh miami on monday or uh, excuse me sunday night football Loses to the Eagles in Philadelphia against the Kelly Greens. Uh, guys, you have anything to add uh, for the you know stuff you saw on Sunday as a whole? No, definitely uh, the Ravens look great. Lamar was kind of in his bag, but we I'm not too terrified of that team quite yet. He's shown the capabilities at times, but also at the big games, he's also kind of shit the bed for like a better word. So. Wait and see on the Ravens still, but they do look like the best team in the AFC North. Our biggest takeaway for me is, you know, my Miami has played two games against good competition. Both have been pretty easy wins for the other teams in the Bills and Eagles. And yeah, that Miami offense is really, really talented, but we've seen that they don't have much to offer on the defensive side of the ball. And if you can contain Tyreek and take away to his first look, then um you know, the recipes out there to beat them. One thing about the Bills, I just want to say, you know, I was I was super early on this on the Derek Carr, not very good train. And I tell you what, the more the season goes on, last season it was the elbow injury. This season it's he's not on the same page as Stephon Diggs. But I'm telling you, I don't know that Josh Allen's is is all that good. Um yeah, say, you guys can say it. Oh, Josh Cutler? <laughs> Josh, damn it. I was going to say, it's Josh Cutler, man. I can see the cigarette in I his mean, mouth now. I mean, that's who the guy reminds me of, throwing up those prayers. And don't get me wrong, Jay Cutler had his moments. He was great at times. He but, did. I mean, that's that's a comparison for me. But around the league, biggest takeaway is Chiefs are the best team in the AFC. And I don't know that it's that close, to be honest. Yeah, it certainly didn't look like it yesterday. Um, I agree. Uh, all right, so let's get into a little bit of a, a somber part uh, of the of the show, at least in reference to the game yesterday. 
We did find out today that Nick Bolton is going to be out for at least six weeks, depending on where you look. You get six weeks, you get two months. Um, I think there's a lot. The initial report said two months, but we all the you know between all the Twitter doctors out there, you get different different reports. But definitely a shot to this defense that has played stellar up to this point. So don't like to see or hear that. Looked like he was in a lot of pain yesterday. Sometimes you can see with this injury, guys come back in a hard cast and play, albeit basically one-handed. Um, but, you know, with the dislocated wrist, like the, like what's been reported, you get, you know, you have a bunch of little bones in your wrist. And, uh, you know, one or two with the dislocation gets pushed out of place. You get ligament damage. You get, obviously, bruising on the bones. And it just takes a long time to heal. And it sounds like his is going to require surgery. So definitely not great news there. Was kind of hoping that this might be something that, you know, would take him out a couple, two, three weeks. But after this next week against the Broncos, the schedule starts to get significantly uh, better. So definitely, definitely going to be tough to lose him. But we do have Drew. Uh, that signing is is starting to look like a stupendous signing um from beach in the offseason so yeah so other than that we got out of the game relatively clean uh i'm sure there's some bumps and bruises out there we'll see pop up on the injury report on wednesday but chiefs come out on top 31 17 in arrowhead like i said in the intro usually a, a game that we barely get out you know winning by three or it's usually less than a score so it was good to see us lock up that game late and uh, and not have to worry too much in the end. It certainly uh, shortened up the uh, text message segment at the end of the show. So, guys, let's go ahead and get into the offense. Uh, tell me a little about a little bit about what you guys saw and takes from the game. Does Brandon Saley even you know write Travis Kelsey in his defensive scheme for the week? Or I think he thought he was. Games? I think he thought he was eighty-one, not eighty-seven, because they had Blake Bell locked up on that on that one play that he, he quote unquote fumbled, you know, personnel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Your favorite boy. But yeah, no, we, we are multiple games into the Brandon Saley experience that we are not covering Travis Kelsey. And I appreciate it. A little head scratching, how he continues to find a way open against that defense. You know, you think after a dude absolutely cooked you two games in a row last year. And then this one, you think you'd cover the dude, but no, keep, keep on keeping on there. Um, MVS, I think we got to finally, you know, we, we've been three pretty big critics on him. He finally got open randomly out of nowhere. He has those games where he blows up, but then he'll probably go back in his shell and not pop up for the next two or three weeks. So to be seen. Uh, but with the, the Justin Ross news today about maybe some legal troubles that uh, he may get more and more snaps. So we'll see. Uh, as far as the run game goes, we didn't really need it. Didn't really ever get it going. Um, Pacheco was still used. Obviously, he had that big kind of game ceiling touchdown at the end um, on the screen pass, but really never really got much going there. He had 13 for 32. He is kind of a guy that leaves, lives off, you know, momentum and really was n- never got going throughout the whole game. So, and I, I think uh, Mahomes reminded everyone who the greatest quarterback in the NFL was. There's no debate about that, at least for this week. No. Tua looked. Very average on Sunday night. Josh Allen, we've already hinted at him, so I don't know who else you want to put over him right now, but to me it's not a contest. 
Yep. We, we kind of called um, this coming out party for the offense. We said, we've been saying it, but we said if this was, if there was a week for it to happen, it was against this Chargers defense and in division. Um, and I think all three of us called for on the preview show, the Pat game and, you know, 414 yards, I believe, four touchdowns. That's kind of a vintage Pat. And we also called it Kelsey. It's really, really all you need when you're going up against this Chargers team. Like you guys said, Brandon Staley found a way again to to not have a, a scheme to take the guy out of the game. I mean, how many times did Pat chuck the ball down the field and Travis was just wide open? Like no one around it. It was it was crazy. I don't understand how you don't come out of zone like immediately. Do you agree? He's the best. He's probably the best zone meter of all time. Yeah, absolutely. And you just fed it to him. Yeah. Um, Like you said, game run game was slow. Just want to read this little box score right here. We had uh, two rushes for five yards, uh, one target. No, it was coming. Zero receptions and a drop. Just just cut him. Can we yeah. can we cut the guy? I saw Trev. I, I should have sent this to you, but I saw a flow chart that said, "Did Clyde get a play on this drive?" And the one arrow that said yes, it said drive ended poorly. And the other arrow said no, <laughs> it said drive might have scored. So I mean, which has been honestly, it's it's that's what it's been up to this point. Yeah, I mean, the experiment has to be over. He seems like a great, funny guy, but not a good football player. So. We're we're in the we're in the football business um, here. Veach and Andy, great locker room guy, but he he provides us nothing on the field. So he don't return kicks. He's not on. He's not on special teams. Give me that third back that could play a little special teams. That's what that's what I want. Um, I do want to mention the O line. Pat had forty two dropbacks and only got sacked one time. He did extend a couple plays, but I think overall that. That offensive line showed out again. I mean, that's a great defensive line over there with Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, um, other guys in the fold that can get after the passer a little bit. And and just like we've been seeing pretty much all year, I know we had our struggles uh, weeks two, three, four with Wani, but he probably had his best game of the year this this week against the Chargers. Yeah, yeah I was the, the offensive line for sure. For sure, looked much better. Yeah, that that's what I was going to say too, Dill, is that. Or actually, what Trev pointed out right there at the end with Wani is that Wani, by far, um, just looking at some stuff on Twitter, some some film review that people put out, Wani had a great game pass blocking. He it's almost kind of seemed like this was the first game he was able to put the whole, you know, the penalties and all the criticism in the rearview mirror and really play well. So, you know, we. Uh, I kind of said, uh, I think it was Saturday, I, I texted these guys and said, you know, we went a whole podcast without mentioning Khalil Mack, and, and Trev just mentioned, Aaron, the preview, and Trev just mentioned him there. You know, we didn't need to mention him because he was basically, he had one solo tackle in that game, and that was it. Uh, so, you know, no sacks. He, he wasn't a factor in this game at all. The offensive line balled out, you know, and, and I got to give it to my guy again. Before we move on to the defense, I mentioned him week in and week out. We all do. But Rasheed Rice looked great. He caught another touchdown in the back of the end zone. He in this post game presser in the locker room, he he mentioned being kind of Kelsey esque with zone and that on that uh, the uh, touchdown there where he knew he was supposed to run a poster out there. 
but he knew that if he drifted back out of that route to where only Pat could see him and not the D uh, D backs, he'd be open. Pat finds him, hits him in the back of the end zone for a, a great touchdown. Um, so that's awesome to hear that he's figuring out, Hey, I don't need to run, you know, whatever the scripted route is for me. I can just be me and, and, you know, find zones just like Trav does. And, and it's going to, it's going to be great. And we also seen him in the open field running guys over again. So great to see he's going to continue to, to get better and better every week. And I think that's very, very exciting. One last thing to touch on uh, before we get off the offense. Glad to have you back. McColl gave us a big spark in that second half on that uh, punt return and a, uh, you know, a big catch on third down to, to give us a first down in the red zone. So um, that was great to see. He seemed like he was very happy to be back and, and Pat surely looked his way a lot, maybe a little bit too much on the deep ball. Um, but yeah, that was good to see. How cool. How cool was that to see everybody like Travis sprinting down the sideline with McColl Everybody's so happy for the guy on that punt return. So it's like, now that's the kind of locker room guy you want right there. Somebody that contributes on the field. So not yep. to go back to Clyde, but I mean, it seems me. like you wanted to go back to Clyde. <laughs> but I, I, I'm going st- to, I'm going to focus on me, but one game back, he's already made an impact, more impact than Clyde has in eight games. Um, and just how happy those teammates were for him. And Travis Kelsey said it on his pod this week, how, how happy he was that he was back in the fold and gave him a big old hug. Yeah. Said it in an interview somewhere. Uh, it's cool to see that return and how hyped everybody was. I was just say shout out to Jim Nance too, for the, uh, you know, can Hardman make this a special return on, you know, the X factor day and Dante hall and sure shit guy busts out a 50 yard return. So that was pretty cool to see. Yeah. Good for a young player like Nicole. I mean, he had one catch through six weeks, and then he comes in and makes some decent plays for us. He gets a big first down catch and uh, had that big return for us. So confidence builder. I'm sure the dude was kind of out of it for the as far as this year goes, wondering if he made the right choice, all that good stuff. So glad to see he made an impact, and hopefully he can keep doing it. All right, let's move on to the defense, and I'll just kind of start off here. I think we can all three shout a, a collective welcome Charles O'Menahue to this defense. We, we've been waiting to see it, and uh, he looked awesome yesterday. So, um, you know, I, I have a quick take on this defense. They allowed some, some chunk plays yesterday. You know, they didn't matter in the end. Um, I, you know, Justin Reed kind of got caught drifting a little bit too far towards the line on that long run. Other than that, this game would have been a blowout. So. Um, yeah, you guys go ahead and take us off, take it away with the defense. First big game for a wide receiver and Josh Palmer, uh, but Keenan Allen really didn't do too much against us. I think the scheme was limit him. You know, Palmer got loose for five for 133, but a couple of those, he's a big one-on-one, you know, throw it up to him type of receiver. You're going to give up those big plays every now and then. So not much to hate on the defense there. Uh, can't be perfect every week. Overall, though, we've been preaching it. I know Trevor already got into it, but we've been preaching it since week one. Once so many of you got back, this defensive line is going to be real. It was already real going into it, but the Duke slid right in, was a game changer multiple times with some deflected passes, one big one down the red zone uh, that ended up in the interception. And uh, 
multiple, multiple big plays for him. So that was great to see. As far as Bolton goes, he was the leading leader of the tackles. Sucks to see him go down, especially that I know a lot of us heard that dude screaming on the sideline, or the mics picked that up. So clearly the dude was in a lot of pain. You hate to see that, and clearly it hit most of the defensive players. So I can hope they respond back from that well. Um, as Trev said earlier, I think we're going to be okay. Drew Tranquil is you know, proven that he's more more than a reliable backup. So it just sucks to see a player, especially your captain, go down like that. No, never want to see that. So overall, um, five sacks on the day. Can't hate that. And then two big turnovers in the interception. So I think that's really all I got. Um, another thing we've, I guess, we we can't really not give them credit for is Austin Eckler had 14 for 45. You let him not get going, especially down near the red zone. I think that's a big pat on the back to the defense as well. So that's really all I got. Uh, T, you got anything? Yeah, we continue to talk about it, but this defense is is pretty awesome. And I know you guys have both already mentioned him, but Charles O'Minihue, welcome to the team. You know, the biggest thing I think about this defense that's different is our defensive line does a great job, and I don't think they've done a great job in the past of getting their hands up and batting balls down at the line of scrimmage. And we've seen it so many times this year of a batted ball turning into a pick or just batting it down on a crucial third down. I think that's been coached into this team, and maybe it was brought over from Amenahue because the 49ers have always been great at doing that. But specifically this year, we've been really spectacular. Even the, even the corners, even the linebackers getting there, getting their hands up, disrupting the throwing lanes, things like that. Um, six sacks or five sacks. We had five sacks yesterday. Um, defensive line got after it. You guys have said it. Two interceptions made them turn the ball over. Those sacks are drive stoppers. You know, this defense is, is really good. One guy I want to give a shout out to probably played the best game on the defense yesterday. In my opinion is Willie Gay. He was flying to the ball, um, sideline to sideline. Great in the past game, made a Great batted ball. I just mentioned it, but just kind of flash. You know, he he looks like one of the faster players out there playing linebacker, and um, you know, just really great game yesterday. And then secondary, Trev said it. One bad angle. I think you're gonna against a team like the Chargers. You're gonna you're gonna give up some chunk plays. You can't shut everybody down. But when you look at that box score, we took the two best players out of the game. Eckler and Keenan Allen didn't do anything. So. That's probably the game plan. We let Everett and Palmer get a little loose, but at the end of the day, we only gave up 17 points, so can't be mad at it at all. No, I, I agree. You, you can't be mad about that, but I, I know we harp on, on Brandon Staley, but how do you, one of the more dynamic running backs in the league, how do you only get him two targets the entire game when you're in a positive game yep. script to pass? I mean, I just, I don't. And that's on Kelly. That was Moore. a head scratcher for sure. Yeah, that was that was a head scratcher yeah. for sure. Especially yeah. killing Moore, to be honest. In the past, that would have been like ten Eckler dump offs. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, the guy used to get seven, eight targets a game, and you know he is not really efficient at all on the ground. You think he'd try to get him going? I know he he hurt his ankle a little bit during that game, but just not not doing anything with your playmakers, man. So don't understand that at all. Um, my favorite two stats from the defense, um, not to toot my own horn, but 
Mike Dana up to four and a half sacks, three and a half away from the eight that I uh, predicted at the beginning of the year. And my favorite stat, George Karloftis has 33 quarterback pressures on the year, which ranks fifth among all edge rushers behind Max Crosby, Micah Parsons, Aiden Hutchinson, and Chase Young. Pretty damn good company, if you ask me. Yeah, that's a nice stat there. He's another dude that's been big on the swats throughout the year. So, like Trevor said earlier, so yeah, I those two especially have stepped up. Chris Jones was very silent yesterday, if we're being honest. He got some pressure, but overall, the rest of the D line stepped up and really wasn't needed for that game. And of course, as a D tackle, you're going to have those games where you're getting double teamed the whole time. And it was good to see everybody else step up and. Just proved our point more that this defensive line is something to be reckoned with. Yep, that's for sure. All right, overall takeaways. I I think we've kind of said it, you know, this this team for the first time looked like in all facets it it was clicking, which was great to see. You know, I don't know if we just flipped a switch or what, but it was was really nice to see. And, uh, yeah, like I said, this the, uh, the, the text message segment will will show. It's kind of it's kind of be a synonymous thing if the Chiefs play well, and we click, and really no matter what happens, even if we lose and that happens, then the, the tech segment's going to be boring. But Trev's going to he'll probably dig up something. Uh, either way, guys, you have anything real quick before we get into the over under results or real quick? I do have an overall takeaway. I just want to talk about the defense again. Um. This defense is now not allowed over 21 points in a game, and that's getting it done. I think we can confidently say that it's a top three defense in the NFL, especially with this pass rush and the way the secondary is playing. And with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey playing like they are on the other side, it's a it's a scary, scary thought for the rest of the NFL. So that defense, I, honestly, those early Pat years, I never thought we'd be able to say it, but what we've built on that side of the ball is is very, very encouraging, and you love to see it. Yeah, enjoy it while it's here because uh, it gets expensive, too expensive eventually, guys. So, All right. You don't have to be negative. Whoa. He's always got to be negative somewhere. It does get expensive. I'm just saying, like, don't take and, it for granted. Enjoy it while it's here. It's oh, not going to be here forever. Oh, well, all right. Moving on. Over-unders. <laughs> From last week, uh, I talked myself up last week and went to shit. Uh, Dill came out four and zero. Trev two and two. Me one and three. Um, Dill, good call on the uh, Herbie under uh, two sixty seven and a half passing. He think you cleared that by eight yards. Uh, Rasheed Rice went over his thirty five and a half yard receiving prop. I think that one was really easy prop to bet early in the week. Um, Pat threw four touchdown passes, obviously, so over the two and a half. And then uh, Brandon Staley actually really didn't do any stupid shit besides maybe a- allowing the Chiefs to, you know, drive the length of the field late in the second quarter and score, not call any timeouts, and then let the clock tick down to, and then, you know, start at your 25 with 15 seconds left after you watch the Chiefs go down and, 13 seconds two years ago to beat the or to force overtime against the Bills. And you just kneel it and say, hey, I'll give the ball to Patrick Mahomes at half. And if it wasn't for the bullshit fumble call, I think we'd probably score and go up to two touchdowns there. So um, 
yeah, so I guess, but on the books, he didn't do any stupid shit. So, um, all right, Trev, uh, you had to dig hard this week. Uh, I don't, do you, I mean, I'll take a, a commendation. I'll take uh, whatever you got. Honestly, I mean, I've been digging. We, we just got to kind of give you your props here, Trev. There's, there's nothing. Yep. I mean, there was some rapid fire stuff in the beginning that was, that was probably a little uncalled for, but we're going to let it slide this week. No, no segment. You kept it cool. Blood pressure he was a little had to be upset great. about the uh, about the jet touchdown getting called back, but you know none of none of us in Texas saw that, so we were too busy watching the fucking Browns and Colts. So we can we can replace this with that. And if you if you put the Browns and Colts game on CBS, that's fine. You just yeah, don't let's talk about Patrick that for a Mahomes. Minute. You don't make Patrick Mahomes the little window. You keep him the yeah. fucking biggest window. Mar- marquee fucking game of the week. Game of the week on CBS. And we have Gardner Minshew and PJ fucking Walker <laughs> on the screen instead of Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. What are we doing? <laughs> that was a fire-ass game, though. <laughs> well, it's okay, I don't care so how fire it was. Yeah. So let me ask you this, Trev, because I know it was split screen here. Did they just not show the Chiefs game until... They didn't. They didn't show shit. I was searching. My my kids thought I was having a goddamn heart attack. <laughs> wow. Okay. That, yeah. That's rough. So here it was. Split like, oh, Dad, you you missed a field goal. You mad about that, Dad? Yeah, I was pretty mad about yeah, missing the field goal. That's right. That's right. You know. You know. Here, Trev, they had uh, they had split screen, but the big screen was Browns Colts, and then the little screen. I mean, when I say little, it was little was Chiefs Chargers and then the we we had to play the audio from the Colts Browns game. It wasn't <laughs> unbelievable. Like, it it was all time drop from from CBS there. Uh you know I mean so. I would have I would have paid money for that little screen that first drive on if I'm being honest. <laughs> hey, the first drive they looked great. And like I said, the uh, the call on Tooney downfield was legit. But uh yeah still wish that jet touchdown would have stood. That was that was a very vintage jet uh, score there so all right guys let's get the hell out of here um we will see you guys next time uh when we preview the second game against the broncos in denver uh i think we opened up at eight and a half point favorites for that game so uh rate and review us wherever you get all your podcasts follow us on facebook follow us on x and we will see you next time